Welcome to another great message at Anchor Church. We pray this message will encourage, inspire, and transform your life. Our heart is to share the hope of Jesus with our city and nation. I want to begin with a confession. I started with the sermon early this morning. I was asked to speak about revival, and I had this whole a scholarly, uh, involved teaching prepared about revival. But my thoughts, or maybe I should say my heart, kept on coming back to a scripture. And uh, when you read the scripture, it seems that it doesn't even speak about revival. But I do believe it does focus on a facet of revival. And uh, I know you may be thinking, what could that be? But don't rush me. I'll get to it. So, uh, in addition, I was also asked to speak on creating a culture of revival, which I initially understood to be, what could we do to bring about revival? And then I thought, you know, who could teach us better about how to bring revival than the life giver? the reviver, the restorer of life. So I'm going to take you to a scripture in Matthew 11, the words of Jesus himself. And if you have your Bible with you, please keep it open because I'm going to refer to a number of words in this passage as we go along. So in Matthew 11 and verse 28, Jesus says these words, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So let me immediately break this, the uh, suspension, the tension that there might be, because I can hear someone saying, what does Jesus speak about revival here? Well, he mentions clearly a facet of revival. In fact, he speaks about it twice. And as the word rest. Because everything else that he says here flows out of an understanding of what that rest should be. So what does rest have to do with revival? Let me give you the Greek word because it will help us to understand. The Greek word is anaposis. And I, I need to maybe pronounce it in an English kind of way so that you can clearly understand it. Anna pauses. So uh, clearly the word is made up of two components. The first prefix, Anna, is a word that means upwards or it means anew. And it actually adds uh, a meaning to the next component, and the meaning of intensity, the meaning of completion. And the second part of the word is the Greek word paul, where we get our word pause from. And it means to pause, to stop. It means to, to bring to an end. So in a figurative sense, it means to refresh, to give rest. So anaposis in Greek, would mean rest, refreshing, recovery, restoration, revival. 
So that's what I want to speak to you about because I want to show you that we can make this connection and we made the connection with rest and revival. But I want to show you that revival is not an event, although it could involve an event. It's not even a season, although it could include seasons. It actually is a state of being. It's a condition of the heart. And this is what Jesus is talking about here. So if I could give a title to my message today, it is how to be blessed with rest. I could have said how to be blessed and unstressed as well. But here's what I want to focus on. The thing that I noticed in this passage of Scripture is that Jesus uses uh, several action words, verbs. And if we look at these verbs, some of them are clear and obvious. Others are more indirect and implied. But if we take these actions that Jesus mentions here, we will see how it will bring about revival. And here's the first action word. It's the word come. In Matthew 11, 28, Jesus says, come to me. That is the first step in revival. And, and what does coming to Jesus involve? Several things. Let me mention them. Firstly, we need to recognize that Jesus is the only answer. He's the only solution, not religion. He's the only life giver. He's the only reviver. No program, nothing else. It's Jesus. Come to Jesus. Coming to Jesus means forsaking your own ideas, turning away from yourself. Jesus says very clearly here, come to me, follow me. He doesn't mean come and then leave again. It's a consistent thing. Come and connect your life to mine. That's what Jesus says. Because he's actually saying, I am the vine and you are the branches. So I'm the source. That's what Jesus says. Come to the source. That's where you will find revival. And um, one, one more aspect of coming to Jesus and finding rest is that Jesus, in fact, at one uh, stage said to his disciples, and I'm going to quote it from the King James Version uh, specifically, he said to, to them, come ye apart and rest a while. We need to come aside. And let me say this, if you don't come apart, you will come apart. It's so important to come to Jesus. So come, the first verb is an invitation. And I want to encourage you, RSVP on that invitation right now. Come to Jesus. It's an invitation to all. He says, come to me all. The second action word is the word cease. Now, you won't find the word cease here. It's not stated directly. It's actually implied in verse 28 where Jesus extends this invitation specifically to those who labor. He wants to give those people rest. He wants to revive them. But here's what needs to happen. You need to cease from your hard labor. Now, this rest that Jesus offers here to those who are exhausted from work and toil, is obviously not physical labor. And I know that God could invigorate your body. But what he's speaking about here, if we read carefully, he says, you'll find rest for your souls. It's an internal and an eternal rest that Jesus offers us. 
So the labor that Jesus speaks about here could include religious works, self-efforts that you might think will bring life, will revive, will bring happiness and joy. And, and, and here's what Jesus is, is actually saying is Jesus wants to liberate us from performance-based religion. And, and that's the rest that he offers. We need to stop trying to impress God with works uh, and, and, and try and get his favor through works. Now, this does not mean that we should not do good works, but we should see those works from the right perspective. Let me read to you from Ephesians 2 because I believe this passage will help us to understand it. It says in verse 8, By grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And then listen to this. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we're not saved by works. We're not saved of works, but we saved for works. And if we see it from that perspective, we can work in a rested way. I think this is one of the most liberating scriptures because it helps you to understand that God already prepared the works. You just need to, to find them and, and, and walk in them. Now, the rest of, or, or the rest for your souls that Jesus is speaking about here also, I believe, refers to an emotional stability and peace. And I, I believe, especially in the times that we're living in, we need to have stable emotions because uh, a revival also involves a renewal of our mind, of our emotions. And that's what Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to think differently. We need to feel differently. We need to respond and behave differently, uh, especially in, in, in these times. Here's a third action word. And again, uh, this word is implied. In verse 28 of Matthew 11, Jesus says, Come to me, those who are heavy laden. So it's clear that some people carry a load. And again, this is not a physical weight. It could be an emotional or a spiritual burden. It could be the load of sins that people carry. It could be emotional baggage that they drag with them. It could be the cares of the world weighing them down. It could be, as I said, the burden of religious rules that legalistic people want to place on us. So what is this action word? Cast. And... Uh, we are encouraged to cast all our cares onto the Lord because He wants to give us rest. He wants to take over your worries. And if you listen what, what 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says, it says, casting all your cares upon Him for He cares for you. I heard a story about a man driving a bucky and um, he saw next to the road a hitchhiker with a heavy backpack on his back. And so he stopped and he offered himself help. And uh, he said, please uh, get in. And the guy said, no, I'd, I'd rather sit in the back. So he got onto the back of the bucky. And on the way, the, 
driver looked back and he saw this hitchhiker still sitting with a backpack on his back. And you know, it's, it's so interesting that sometimes we do the same thing. We're on our way to heaven. God is carrying us, but we still want to carry the load. And that's why when to cast, we literally need to throw away the cares that we have. And um, this, this heavy load, if we, if we give it to Jesus, if we cast it on him, then I believe we can sing with the American spiritual song that says, glory, glory, hallelujah, I have laid my burden down. And that's what we need to do. The fourth verb, take. Take. In verse 29, the next verse, Jesus says it clearly. He says, take. Take what? Take my yoke upon you. Now, what is a yoke? Uh, I will have to explain it to the city slickers because most of you are just thinking of the yellow yolk of an egg. But this is spelled Y-O-K-E. And it is a yoke. It's a, it's a farming implement. It's actually a, a wooden bar that is bound as a cross piece on the neck of a pair of oxen. Now, this yoke I'm going to show you of Jesus is not something detrimental. It's something that will be helpful and useful to you. And uh, I, I actually, I'm so tempted to say more about a yoke, but I want to leave that, that for later. Uh, but Jesus did not say, I put my yoke upon you. He said, take. Jesus is not forcing us. He's inviting us. And we need to take that, that yoke. I'm thinking of it in this way, that the Lord actually provides blessings for us, benefits for us. It's like the, uh, the armor of God that Paul mentions in Ephesians 6. It's so interesting that God provides the armor. It's the armor of God. But then he says it in this way. He says, put on the armor. It's available. Um, he says in, in uh, verse 13, take up the whole armor. Verse 14, fasten on the belt of truth. Verse 15, put on the readiness, the shoes uh, of the gospel of peace. In verse uh, 16, take up the shield of faith. In verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. So these things we need to apply by faith. We need to take it. And I want to say the Lord doesn't put a heavy burden on you. He, if He gives you a yoke, He will give you the grace to bear the yoke. And I'll say more about that as I said a little bit later. Let me get to the next action word which Jesus actually directly says here. And that is learn. Uh, in the next part of verse 29, Jesus says, learn from me. Now, I, I, I want to get back to the yoke again, but I have to, to leave it for later. Because I'm going to show you that this learning still has to do with a yoke that we need to take upon us. Uh, so I'm so excited to, to get to the yoke, but just be patient. Again, please don't rush me. I'll get there. So let me say this, however, that when you come to Jesus, He doesn't just give you forgiveness of your sins. 
and a free ticket to heaven. He actually wants you to become a follower, a disciple, which means learner. Jesus wants you to be a lifelong learner. And I like the paraphrase of this passage in the message. It says it like this, Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you. You can learn. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Wow. So learn from Jesus. I love what he says about himself. He says, I'm gentle and humble of heart. So Jesus is the kind of teacher that will not be arrogant and prideful. And even if you have to write a test in the school of life, Jesus will even help you to find the answers because he's gentle, he's humble. Learn from him. The last two words that I want to give you, these action words, I want to call them, and they are both implied, I want to call them receive and perceive. In the last part of verse 29, Jesus promises that you will find rest for your souls. So we need to find that rest. We need to actually receive that rest. I want to put it this way. Finding the rest is not something that comes as a result of my searching. In fact, God is the one who came and searched for me. And God is the one who wants to give me rest. So I need to receive that rest that God offers by faith. That's what the finding means. Seeking is desiring and finding is acquiring, receiving. So I just need to receive it by faith. And I, I love what Jesus said about seeking. Listen to this in Luke 12, verses 31 and 32. He says, seek God's kingdom and all the other things you need will be given to you. But listen to the next verse. In the same breath, Jesus says, don't fear because your father wants to give you the kingdom. So God is not hiding the kingdom from us. God is not expecting us to seek something that is hidden somewhere. He's actually saying, here it is. The Father wants to give it to you. You just need to receive it and because God is eager to give you that rest. Here's the last verb. Perceive. And again, it is implied in verse 30 where Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, at last, I can come back to what I wanted to say to you about a yoke. Uh, uh, Jesus here invites people laden with a heavy burden, and, and that could be like a, a hefty yoke on people's necks. Now, you, you might ask the question, how can a heavy yoke or how can a yoke bring rest? Interesting, at the time of Jesus, it was often spoken about the rabbis and their teachings were referred to as a yoke. And 
obviously their legalistic demands were quite heavy. And people may have perceived the yoke of Jesus in the same way. Now, let me just tell you how a yoke can bring bondage. In Acts 15 and verse 10, we read about Peter and he reprimanded some legalistic Jewish believers because they wanted to put the yoke of circumcision, religious circumcision, on the new Gentile believers. And here's what he asked them. Now, are you going to correct God by burdening the Gentiles with a yoke that neither we nor our fathers were able to bear? And then in, in Galatians 5 and verse 1, Paul speaks about this. And he says, and again, it's about reintroducing circumcision and all kinds of religious rules and, and laws. And here's what he says. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So legalism can be bondage. And uh, even today, there are some Christians who want to force an, an extra strong, ultra strict brand of religion on us. And they sometimes portray God as this harsh, cruel God. In fact, I, I remember one pastor that I listened to ended his sermon off and he said to the, the members of the congregation, watch it because God is going to get you this week. That's not the kind of God that I read about in the Bible. Because Jesus wanted us to perceive Him and His yoke in the right way. His yoke is different. It's not that single, hard-to-bear yoke of the legalists. And incidentally, Jesus didn't say, here's your yoke. He said, take my yoke upon me. And here's the explanation about the yoke that I wanted to get to. When a farmer would use a double yoke, in other words, a yoke that could take a pair of oxen, he would yoke an older, stronger, well-trained ox together in the same yoke with a younger, maybe not that strong, and an untrained ox. And here's what happens the stronger ox would help to carry the load. The stronger ox would guide the younger ox and would, would teach him. And that is the, the whole learning process. So here's what, what, what I want to say. You can rely on Jesus. He will carry the load. You can take his yoke because his yoke is easy. And the Greek word for easy actually means his yoke is kind. It's gracious. It's benevolent. It's not hard. It's not heartless. It's not ill-fitting. It's not difficult to bear. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I like the scripture. And this is the last uh, scripture I'm going to give you in 1 John 5 and verse 3. He says, this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Hallelujah. Because we actually take the yoke of God's grace uh, on us. Now, I hope you got the message. I spoke about revival. I spoke about rest. And revival is actually not something that you can bring on. 
revival is initiated by God. It's the sovereign God who is the reviver. And all these actions that I described are just responses. They are our yielding to God's grace. And you need to just respond in faith and you need to rest in His grace. It's like the gifts of the Spirit that Paul mentions. He says, these are the gifts of the Spirit. It says, He distributes them as He will. But He's looking for someone who's available. God wants to bring rest. He wants to bring refreshing, revival. He offers it, but He's looking for someone who's ready to receive it and who's ready to respond. So I want to bless you today and pray for you and say, Father, thank you that these people who have heard this message, that they will focus on the words of Jesus and respond in the right way so that times of refreshing can come, seasons of revival, a rest on the inside that you give us. And we thank you that even in these stressful times, we can rest because Jesus gives us the real rest. Amen.